Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Genevieve Banser, who is a student at Cornell University and also Executive Vice President of the BLK Foundation. Hi, Genevieve. Lovely to have you here. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So I guess we can start with a quick introduction. Let's find out more about you and also the question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? Okay, it's awesome. uh, so once again, thank you everyone for listening. I'm Genevieve. I am, as Leo said, I go to Cornell. I was born and raised in Ghana, but came to the United States about a few years ago. Um, I went to high school, Harrison High School here in Westchester uh, for about a year, two years. And then I went to Syracuse University for a year before transferring to Cornell University, and that's where I am right now. Some of my passions include uh, being able to create platforms where people can have a voice to tell their stories. If not, I want to be a representative for their stories and help uh, exhume their stories, as Viola Davis would say. And that passion comes from me being born and raised in Ghana. My dad was a business person, and he always, I used to follow him everywhere. So he used to do everything. At one point, he was a detective. At one point, he was a photographer. At another point, he uh, made uh, shampoos and conditioners for hairs and even dishwashing uh, soap. And so he, again, like he did everything, he wore many hats. And uh, there's so many stories that were not being told to the our community that he represented or he, he was. And so a passion project of mine was like you're doing right now, Lila, taking his story and telling to the community. I was became like a salesperson where I would help market the products he was selling and be that representative for his voice. Uh, so that's what inspired me to keep on this passion and interest. So professionally, I'm interested in three fields, just like my dad wearing different hats. I'm hoping to either go into the finance industry, the tech industry, or the consulting industry. Where last uh, summer I did a consulting internship at EY, and this summer I'm doing uh, a little bit of tech and finance. And so that's a little bit about me. On the free time, I love playing tennis, listening to music and car rides. So again, thank you so much. And why should you care? I would say that you should care because just like Leila is trying to do, just like everyone here um, listening in, uh, you're inspired by something. And so try as much as possible to listen to people's stories, to hear what they're saying and to take a little bit of advice or a little bit of story that you get from that and use it to somehow improve uh, the way your actions or how you execute your initiatives or how you execute your passions and interests. So that's one reason why you should care. Awesome. Well, it seems like your dad was, your dad was a big influence in your life. But yeah. what were the other best resources that really helped you in your career journey? So career-wise, uh, coming, I'm a social person, so I'm outgoing. I love meeting people. I love networking. And so that was like a big driver for my career, being able to quickly go on LinkedIn, look at someone's profile, be interested in what they're doing. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to relate to them helping me or me wanting to be where they are, but just genuinely curious. And that intellectual curiosity really does drive everything I do. And so when it comes to tangible resources, I use places like MLT, which is Management Leadership for Tomorrow. It's a career prep program. The network I got from there was overwhelming and I got to use the networking skills to build relationships. SEO is another big one. Inroads, another big one. So those career prep programs that introduce me to like-minded individuals, but also diverse individuals that I wouldn't necessarily interact with on a day-to-day basis, especially at Cornell, living in a bubble. So those are three uh, sources or resources that I use to expand my social capital. 
Awesome. So it seems like you did a lot of independent study and you kind of were a go-getter. You kind of searched up all of this information yourself. But I guess, are there any lessons that you wish you would have known before joining your industry? I know you've mentioned you want to be in tech and finance consulting, but are there any lessons which kind of bring the three together that you wish you would have known before recruiting even? Yeah, so before recruiting, I wish I knew that the people you're talking to are literally people. They're humans. They're people that if you go outside and met, say, a 45-year-old man and you don't know where they're from, like, you just want to get to know them. And that's exactly how you should view networking. You shouldn't, like, align the person to a title or automatically um, use your schemas to associate certain types of features or personalities with certain types of titles. And so going in, I, I really wish I saw people as people because that would allow me to one, be my true self and not necessarily worry about, oh my God, he's like a VP of HR. I should like act this way. I should like pretend as if I've been interested in HR my whole life. Uh, Cause it, it's building such artificial relationships really doesn't work long-term because you have to remember when you're reaching back out, hopefully you reach back out. Um, th- there's no organic or there's no like sense of natural fluidity that's happening there in that relationship. It's just really try to think of, these people as, again, humans, just like your dad, your mom, your uncle, and that would certainly open your eyes in making sure that you're your most self when building a relationship with them. Mm, I definitely agree. Relationships are the most important, no matter whether they're within your network or outside of your network. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. So I know that you're relatively new in your career, but thinking about the span of your career, what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Yeah, so during my freshman year of um, college, I did this immersion or invention program was called the SU Invent Factory. And basically what we had to do was build a tangible device that could help a need. And so my partner and I spoke with was on tremor patients and how we can help them drink out of a cup or a bottle. And I remember uh, this was something I really, really wanted to do, but I, for I had no experience in engineering. I had no experience in how to even build a device. And even though my uh, advisor helped a lot, it was still hard to just like create a 3D model and print it out. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the six-week internship, although we did place for the idea and how we would go about executing the idea, I really wish we had like a working prototype that uh, could ultimately help tremor patients. But that was something that we couldn't do in that span of six weeks. And so that's something I'm still trying to do. Either reach out to people who are first in engineering or who can help me bring this product to life. Uh, but that failure, something I learned about that is it's always, always better to uh, under-promise, over-deliver than mm-hmm. over-promise, under-deliver. Under because I realized I was speaking to people from the Parkinson's uh, a Disease Association and other uh, associations that relate to tremor patients. And I'll, you know, hype up this. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like the next big thing. You're going like, to have tremor patients not worry at all when it comes to drinking out of a cup or a bottle. This is new in the market. You know, hyping up the product. And at the end of the six weeks, they, they expected a working prototype. And it wasn't working. And so it's, it was very, very sad on my, my part. I gave myself 24 hours to get over it, like just be in my emotions, learn from it and move on. And that's something that it taught me like a lot, especially when it comes to over-delivering and under-promising. Mm, very important message, actually. And I think that a lot of young professionals can relate to that because when you're starting out in your job, you want to kind of do a lot and, you know, you want to be the best, but you have to, you know, set your own limits. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever like faced that where you like had to go through that? Whether like but you have to realize you have to set your limits. Like, do you have any examples of that for the listeners? 
Mm, I would say that you know when I'm start when I was starting out, you know, just like even in high school with um in college with clubs and things like that, I would take on a lot more work than I could handle, and then I had to realize that I had to set my own limits because there's only so many hours in the day. I had to manage my classes and my homework, and it's about prioritizing as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's going through the recruiting process right now? Yeah, so a uh, recruiting process. So a lot of it, co- at least my experience with recruiting, it came down to being able to make a personal connection. And I know mm-hmm. like an important message I've been trying to preach uh, this whole time is the importance of building relationships. Mm-hmm. That really shines through during recruitment. And you should go into recruitment thinking, uh, not only is the company interviewing you, but you are interviewing the company too. I'm sure you've heard this before, but if I were to get the internship or the full-time job, would I truly like working here or would I just like the name status or like the brand of, of what it can, and that's also important, don't get me wrong, but you should like the people as much as they like you. And so when you go into an interview or recruiting, be sure to ask those difficult questions, be sure to uh, try to build a relationship, like I said before, and know that you are also interviewing them. And so mm-hmm. use that confidence to let your story shine and um, see yourself as an asset, there we go, when you're interviewing. Very important, yes. And it's all about sort of realizing your worth. And once you realize your worth, it comes across to the interviewer, to the recruiter as well. Exactly, yeah, spot on, realize your worth, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm sure you're really busy, obviously, with college at the moment and obviously your summer internship. But what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Yeah, so Red, there's this book my uh, one of my managers just recommended. It. It's called The Forever Transaction. And uh, it's just about the forever transactions in the name. So how, how do you go about making sure you, you build that social capital if you're an entrepreneur? How do you set plans for yourself? How do you make sure that you execute them and not just say, oh, I am going to execute them. So building that forever transaction with your goals, your purpose, the people, uh, goals, purpose, people, GPP, know that. And so being able to, again, set those standards uh, for yourself when entering this like career journey almost that feels like forever. Mm, very very important and then you mentioned your dad is obviously a big player in your life somebody who really inspired you but who are three other people that um inspired you or been the most influential to you in your life yeah so i'd say uh mr nickel from high school he was uh, i used to be a news anchor for uh husky headlines so just like a news. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, I was going, hi, my name is Genevieve. Welcome to Husky Headlines. And Mr. Nickel was the advisor for that. And being new from Ghana, uh, I, my dad wasn't with me. And so he acted like a father figure. And he taught me like 30 or even more, like 50% of what I know right now. And so he, he was a true pillar. Mm-hmm. And the most important lesson I learned from him was that this may sound bad, but he just said, no one cares in a way that no one goes about their life thinking, oh, how can I interrupt Genevieve's day? Or how, how can I, let me know what Genevieve is doing. Like live your life as if it were like, as if it were yours. And it is yours, but don't think mm-hmm. about what other people do because be sure other people don't think about what you do unless it affects them. And that's sort of like a hard lesson I had to come across. Like, oh, what do you mean people don't care? But when you think about it, meditate on it, like you realize that you're here for yourself and you should pursue life uh, without any fear of what other people think basically mm-hmm. uh, so that's one another person will probably be the, there are various people in various industries and so there's, there's a lot of, for example Raquel o, uh, Odin from the finance industry the tech industry we have um, Nick and my coach coach Andrea from MLT who's always always an amazing person 
incredibly intelligent. I learned a lot from her uh, in her webinars. And yeah, so people from literally everywhere inspire me. That's awesome. And then finally, to wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself at any point in your life? At any point, uh, I'd say I'll give my high school self, because my high school self was like very shy because I was from a new country, I was in a new country, new culture. Mm -hmm. uh, celebrate the differences and uh, celebrate people who do not look like you, do not share the same story. Only because I realized that in high school, I tried to look for people who were exactly similar to me. And when I realized that that wasn't the case because I attended a PWI, it was very hard for me to come out of my bubble or my shell. And that's because, again, I just wanted comfort. But go into life not seeking comfort, like seek discomfort because it really, really opens doors. It expands the life lessons you get. It expands the stories that you're able to tell and live through and the experiences you live through. And trust me, that's certainly more interesting than um, always being stuck in your bubble. When you think about Netflix, for example, or even acting, because I used to uh, be in acting, one thing my coach taught me was being the um, quote-unquote good person or like the hero is like it's good, but sometimes it gets boring than like watching the villain and seeing that person unveil their story and that's not to say be the villain like don't take that it's more to say that uh, th there's more interesting things and experiences when you seek discomfort versus mm -hmm. always being satisfied and being like that good person and, and, and being satisfied in your bubble so that's sort of like something I, I'd say to all the listeners awesome well thank you for that piece of advice and thank you so much for hopping on the podcast it was lovely to talk to you Genevieve you too Leila thank you so much for having me thank you bye-bye